the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Abraham Lincoln warned that the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. Would you like to know what's being taught in today's classrooms? Welcome to Say What? With attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Roska Jr. They'll explore the issues facing children, parents, and society as a result of the public schools and the forces behind them. Say What is the radio program of Protect Our Kids, which seeks to inform and equip concerned citizens about the looming crisis in American education. So listen in as your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roscoe Jr., unpack the issues and organizations affecting our children. And now here's your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roscoe Jr. Hello, everyone. I'm George Roscoe. And I'm Mark Schneider. And we want to welcome you to today's episode 86 of Say What, where we talk about the threats to our children in the public school system, including the transgender craze that is being pushed by sexual revolutionaries in the name of studies that claim this is the best thing to do for our kids. That's right, George. You know, the sexual revolutionaries keep on making the claims that we need to support children or else they're going to commit suicide. Well, today we're going to be continuing our walk through of Dr. Stan Weed's evaluation of the major transgender research and the claims that it is making. We're going to see if it's true. Yes, Mark. And last week we touched upon his two very first uh, two points because uh, he titled his evaluation of the transgender research metadata as five things that every parent should know and every policymaker should know. Yeah. Uh, because what's been happening uh, to our children worldwide is criminal. And he poses questions. Um, and the very first question that he posed to figure out if the research supports um, the, the answer the left is purporting is, number one, what does research show about the benefits and harms of cross-sex medical treatment for minors? And he found that scientific evidence has not shown that cross-sex medical treatments are beneficial to children or adolescents. The research making these claims is not scientifically reliable. In fact, there is evidence of harmful impact. Consequently, uh, Dr. Weed found a growing number of scientific agencies do not recommend such treatments. Instead, they recommend counseling and watchful waiting for gender-confused youth. What an idea. Let's just be patient. Let's wait because we have no clue yet. We have some clue on a lot of the negative effects, and we touched upon them last time. But, you know, you're giving kids all of these sex hormones and sex surgeries and we we don't know yet exactly how bad things are for their health, their mental health, their physical health. Uh, we touched upon like bone density and, and other things uh, that they will experience later on in life. So parents, in answering this question to skeptics that you talk to, uh, be very confident 
all of the evidence is on our side. So the second question, Mark, was what does research on medical gender transition tell us about preventing suicide in transgender youth? Now, the research showed that uh, research does not show that medical gender transition is necessary to prevent suicide. In fact, George, there is evidence that medical transition procedures may actually increase suicide risk in gender-confused teens. And so last week we touched upon all the evidence that uh, Dr. Stan Weed uh, presented where pre-gender affirming care and post-gender affirming care suicide rates right. did not show any change. Um, and in fact, this 30-year-long study from Sweden, uh, which was published in 2011, mm. but nobody wants to, to read that because nope. it doesn't fit the narrative. Nope. That's right. So... In this uh, episode, we're going to continue with uh, points three, four, and five. And so let's dive right in. So an- another question, question number three, is gender dysphoria in children a permanent condition and one that requires medical treatment? Now that's what we're hearing from the quote so- so-called medical experts uh, in the United States. Is it really true? But, you know, research shows gender dysphoria in children usually goes away on its own by young adulthood if transition, quote-unquote, is not encouraged. This avoids the harmful effects of cross-sex medical interventions that we talked about in point number one. Yeah, which are legion. And the summary of evidence here, there is strong evidence showing that the vast majority, averaging about 85% of children who experience gender dysphoria, will resolve their gender identity confusion and accept their biological sex by the time they reach young adulthood. That is, George, if they're not subjected to, quote, social transition or cross-sex medical intervention. But for those who are the subject of early transition efforts, the large majority will most likely persist in a trans identity. So social transition uh, refers to cross-sex dressing and social reinforcement of a transgender identity for for children by adults. So let us dive into um, a, a lot of these studies here um, that have been done over the last 10 years, and let's see what each one of these states. Uh, the first study here is uh, Steensma from 2015. Quote, in long-term follow-up, meaning into young adulthood, the childhood sample showed 66.7% desistance. That is, by young adulthood, two-thirds of those with childhood gender dysphoria did not identify as transgender. Here's another one from Restory and Stensma from 2016, a review of 10 studies measuring the persistence of childhood gender dysphoria found that by the follow-up time in adolescence or young adulthood, 2% to 39% of cases had persisted in gender dysphoria or transgender identity, resulting in an average of 85% who identified with their biological sex at that point. I mean, parents, this is such encouraging news because if if you're going through this, you know, personally in, in your family with a child, know that the vast majority of children, if not... And that's the big point here in, in item number three. 
if you're not going to socially transition them and provide them the euphemistic gender-affirming care, they will get out of this stage on their own. Yeah, and this is an important point to be made, George. I mean, what we're reading here, what these studies are all uh, showing is that there is a strong correlation uh, between letting nature and biology take its course and a healthy out- outcome as opposed to encouraging gender-affirming care in young children, which tends to become a self-fulfilling prophecy. The more you indoctrinate, the more you encourage, the more you start introducing these medical procedures, the probability increases that they will transition with a very negative outcome. And so another study, Zucker 2018, stated, among children meeting the diagnostic criteria for gender dysphoria, 67% were no longer gender dysphoric as adults. The rate of natural resolution for gender dysphoria was actually 93% for children whose gender dysphoria was significant but did not reach a medical diagnosis. So, again, parents, the, the evidence is just overwhelming that if you are dealing with this, you know a child who's dealing with this, you know, 85%, 93%. I mean, these statistics are huge, 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 huge in our favor. And and we have at least three more studies here, Mark, that we want to quote. We do. Here's point number four. Uh, can young people be influenced to identify as transgender, or is it all biologically determined? That's the question. Well, scientific evidence indicates that the causes of gender dysphoria are complex. No surprise there. Social and cultural factors can have a significant influence on whether a young person will identify as transgender. And the summary of the evidence, George, says that recent unprecedented increases in transgender identity worldwide suggest that non-biological influences are a major factor. Studies show gender identity development is a complex process with a with biopsychosocial components. This means children and young people are indeed susceptible to social, educational, and cultural influences, a lot of which we're seeing in our public schools today. We are definitely seeing that. And Mark, um, I think it was Bill Maher who said that either California's creating them <laughs> or Oklahoma is, you know, killing them or something like that. Uh, it, it can't be, you know, both. It has to be one or the other. And we had an episode, Mark, I remember where you walked us through the book When Harry Met Sal, when oh, Harry Became right. Sally by Dr. Ryan T. Anderson. Mm-hmm. And this was one of the biggest things about the transgender revolution of language and, and, Basically, it's showing that the psycho and social components are a huge factor here. In fact, they are the overwhelming factor because we cannot find anything scientifically in biology telling us that people are born gay or born transgender. And we've been searching for the biological component for decades. I mean, the the, the gay and lesbian community has gone at lengths for the last 50 to 60 years to find the biological link. And there isn't. There isn't. And when are people most susceptible to these bio, cycle, and social components? 
Well, naturally, George, in childhood. Exactly. Fragile, impressionable minds that can be easily influenced by authority figures and peer pressure, right? Yes, yes. There's a cool factor associated with this, um, and we're seeing that played out in our public schools today. And we've got research to uh, to support it. Definitely. So here's the highlights of the research. So uh, Halen's 2012 we have a systematic review of research on identical twins and gender dysphoria. It concludes that the 39% concordance rate of transgender identity in identical twins where both were transgender was consistent with a genetic influence, although shared and non-shared environmental factors cannot be ruled out. Gender identity development is a complex process of biopsychosocial components. So while this suggests a role for genetic factors in the development of gender dysphoria, it also indicates a significant role played by social and environmental factors for many individuals. The study found the influence of social factors was higher for biological females. Than males. Yeah, Abigail Schreier found the same thing in her book, uh, Irreversible Damage, that was published a few years ago. But we have many uh, citations of corroborating evidence. Here's ones from, from Jones 2021. A recent U.S. Gallup poll found that the percent of Generation Z, those are those born between 1997 and 2002, who identify as transgender has increased. You ready for this, George? By 900% of over generation X, those born from 1965 to 1980, who say they are transgender. Say what? I mean, this is a big say what? Not a coincidence. But it's not a coincidence because people in generation X and generation Y, like I am, um, we weren't bombarded with this stuff right. in school, on television. Um, I, I think my generation got mostly bombarded with all the gay and lesbian propaganda. You know, I, I still remember, I think by the time I was in seventh grade, that's when I started to see kids in seventh and eighth grade identify as gay or lesbian. But now, because this propaganda has reached elementary school level with the whole transgender craze, we are seeing, you know, kids in elementary school who think they know that they are not male or female or that they're both or that they're two-spirit or androgynous. Um, wh- where do they even know this terminology? Here's an even more alarming study that uh, was cited by The Economist uh, in 2020 from Turner. In Great Britain, between 2010 and 2020, the number of teenage girls referred for gender dysphoria to the largest pediatric gender clinic in the world increased by about 5,000%. Say what? While the rates for girls under age 12 only saw small increases. Rates for teenage boys also increased dramatically, although much less than for girls, with similarly small increases for boys under 12. In Sweden, gender dysphoria in teen girls has risen 50 1,500% in a similar time span. It's what Abigail Schreier called a social contagion. Exactly. So so this pattern suggests that the exponential increase in gender dysphoria for teen girls, which did not occur to preteens, may be due to social influence. For example, transgender identity promotion, 
rather than merely an increase in public acceptance. We have another uh, Zucker uh, study 2019, uh, which um, also builds upon Littman in 2018. There has been a recent dramatic reversal in the male-to-female sex ratio of transgender youth, with biological females now far outnumbering males. The previous consistent ratio of about 2 to 1 has now changed to a ratio ranging from 1 to 2 to 1 to 7, coupled with a corresponding recent dramatic increase in the number of adolescents referring to specialized gender identity clinics programs, uh, which has become an international phenomenon observed all across North America, Europe, Scandinavia, and elsewhere. I'm wondering, Mark, how does this exhibit itself in China, in India, in the Middle East, in Africa, are kids going through the same thing? I think that these are the type of questions that parents are now consistently asking, and they're saying something does not add up. It doesn't add up, George. Uh, another corroborating study from Downey and Mason in 2022. Uh, this is interesting. A popular researcher advocating advocating for the use of puberty blockers in children who has been funded by an agency that receives financial support from the makers of puberty blockers claims to have shown that social influence is not a cause of the recent worldwide explosion in rates of gender dysphoria. However, his research has been criticized for its use of an invalid survey measure and for using only U.S. data as well as having an obvious conflict <laughs> of interest, you think? Oh, I, I, I love how they try to, you know, just push and pump study after study out there, uh, and yet nobody ever looks at how those studies were performed. And that's what I, I appreciate about Dr. Stanweed. He gets into those details. He does indeed, George. And uh, time allowing, we have one more point that we need to highlight here, and that's number five. What does research tell us about teaching sex ed and gender ideology to young children? Well, it turns out there's no scientific evidence showing that young children benefit from being taught in school about sexuality, transgender identity, or homosexuality, or that such teaching reduces child sex abuse. Exactly. This is the part where Dr. Stan Weed, in his previous evaluations published in 2018 and 2019 on the CSE evidence, and, you know, studies to date basically have not produced evidence to back up the claim that teaching sex education to young children in early elementary school, including content about transgender ideology, is beneficial for them. Uh, in fact, we are seeing that the, the actual opposite is true. We're seeing an increase in HIV, AIDS, STDs, which no longer can be called STDs because uh, they are... Uh, an oppressive term we call we have to call them STIs, sexually transmitted infections, not diseases. So he quotes here, and he has an entire body of evidence and separate evaluation report on this topic. But he's summarized them uh, here into uh, the the research that was done by Goldfarb and Lieberman. And it was critiqued uh, by Dr. Erickson, by Dr. Weed, and by his uh, partner, uh, Irene Erickson, in 2022. 
Yeah, this shows that contrary to its claims, a recent review of research on school-based sex ed in the U.S. and internationally showed no credible scientific evidence that sexuality education is beneficial to children in early elementary school or, George, that it reduces child sex abuse. No scientifically sound studies were cited on this question. Exactly. And they presented no scientifically credible research demonstrating that teaching young children in school settings about transgender ideology or homosexuality was beneficial to them or had any positive impact. No scientifically sound studies were cited on this question. And yet we hear over and over at every school board meeting that it's a proven fact that CSE is going to reduce teenage pregnancy. It's going to reduce um, yeah, sexual child sex abuse. It's going to reduce any of these things. In fact, our very own in the state of California, the Secretary of State now, Dr. Shirley Weber, who pushed the California Healthy Youth Act in yeah. 2015 as an assembly woman at that time, she we have video of her on record testifying in front of the assembly in the state of California that all the studies show that the evidence is that the CSE is much needed, blah, blah, blah. And yet, here we are seven years later, seven years later, disproving all of this. And and here's what, what bothers me about this, Mark. It's one thing to just say, oh, well, okay, now we know more. It's not true. No, no, no. We knew about all of this. This was lies. This was a bunch of fraud. Planned Parenthood, the ACLU, two organizations that were pushing all of this here in California and nationwide, SECUS, the Human Rights Campaign, they are a bunch of fraudulent organizations that are pushing this stuff. Parents, we must wake up and understand that they do not care about our children. In fact, this stuff has now increased suicide amongst children. It's increased sexual abuse amongst children. It's increased sexually transmitted diseases. And we're only going to see the consequences of all of this over the next decade or or more because these kids are not going to have normal lives. There's no question about that, George. So in our remaining time, let's just give a, a quick summary of the findings by Dr. Stanweed. And again, uh, this evidence is available to, to anybody who wants to see it. Uh, this, this is You could just Google Dr. Stanweed and you can find this for yourself. But here here is the summary. Number one. Research evidence does not support medical intervention for gender-confused minors. Amen. Number two, medical transition procedures have not been shown to reduce youth suicides. Number three, childhood gender dysphoria usually dissipates on its own by adulthood in 85% of the cases. Number four, the dramatic increase in gender dysphoria in the past decade is likely being driven by social factors, not biological factors. And finally, George, sex education for early elementary school education, including content about transgender ideology, has not been shown by scientific research to be a benefit. 
So parents, please uh, visit our website at protectourkidsnow.org for more information. Download our brochures, watch and share our videos. Um, there is a speaker button if you want Mark and I to come and speak to your parent group or church. But also, more importantly, there's a donate button, and we invite you uh, to please join our cause. We rely on donors to be able to accomplish our mission. However, our donor revenue is unpredictable. That's why we're inviting you to join our Guardian Angels program by making a recurring monthly donation. And this will enable us to help more parents get their kids out of public schools. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time on Say What? You've been listening to Say What, the radio ministry of Protect Our Kids, where they seek to inform and equip concerned citizens about the crisis in American public education and the forces working against our children. Join us at this same time every Saturday as attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Roscoe Jr. unpack the issues so that we can better safeguard our nation's children. For more information about this program or Protect Our Kids, email the show at info at protectourkidsnow.org. That's info at protectourkidsnow.org. And join Mark and George right here next week at this same time for another episode of Say What? Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.